0: 785 Magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now. And we're celebrating everything local and everything Topeka. Learn more at 785live.com. And thanks for tuning in.
1: Government. We all know it's important to understand, be it state, local, or national. But doesn't the thought of it just make you want to, well, drink? If so, you're in the right place. I'm Angel Romero, your politics and pints aficionado, and this is Ballots and Brews, where we'll talk all things local beer, while also diving into what in the world is happening at the local, state, and national government, and what you can do about it. It's Schoolhouse Rocks, meets The Daily Show, meets C-SPAN, so let's get this show started. <laughs> to another edition of Ballots and Brews. We are so excited. We have a a show tonight, you all. We are so, so excited. Our our special guest uh, for tonight is going to be Kansas Insurance Commissioner Vicki Schmidt. Uh, We are so excited. She took some time out of her schedule tonight to visit with us about the world of of the insurance department and all kinds of great things that they've got going on there. Uh, We're, of course, going to be talking about the latest happenings um, in the statehouse tonight, Uh, but we are going to start as we always do first with Drake's. Uh, and so, you know, we've talked about the show is, of course, ballots and Brews, uh, but our our definition of brews has expanded quite a bit uh, as our show uh, has has gone on. And so we are so excited uh, tonight to welcome Adam Van Dog from the White Linen with us. Adam, thanks for hanging out with us today.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, first, for folks who just aren't familiar as much with the White Linen, can you just talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of the background of, of your restaurant and kind of how you got started
0: yeah yeah we um just this last december was our third year anniversary open so uh it seems like time flies but um before this i owned a little sandwich shop in holton um for four years and then started doing these little private dinners up there and kind of kind of took off um and so then i was i've always been familiar with topeka um i grew up and soldier, Topeka was our our night out. So I was familiar. Oh, okay. I was was familiar with Topeka, and so I knew Topeka didn't have. I'm, we have some r- very nice restaurants here, but I kind of wanted to push the envelope a little bit and and do something more, a little bit more upscale. I mean, we do truffles and foie gras and duck and rabbit and stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, we started up three years ago and it's kind of been, it's taken off Tope I love Topeka, Topeka supporting it like crazy. So, um, it's been awesome.
1: That's so, awesome. Is there anything that, uh, was there anything about fine dining in particular that kind of attracted you as a chef?
0: Um, well, I went to culinary school for two years in Kansas city and you know, that was, it was an awesome experience because you know, in culinary school, uh, you got to try almost every single type of food you can imagine. Sure. And so I, I always lean towards the fine dining aspect of things. Um, one of my favorite chefs is Thomas Keller. He owns the French Laundry in Napa Valley. Oh, wow. Um, and, and his restaurant's just a very high end. It's it's a three Michelin star restaurant for the last 20 some years. So oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, it's, it's an awesome restaurant. I've been there, been lucky enough to be there eat there one time. Um, and it was, it was awesome. So like, like I said, I just, I love the whole fine dining aspect of things. Um, how we plate things, you know, microgreens, sauces, just to make everything look pretty. Yeah,
1: so. absolutely. Well, and how cool is it that, you know, you were, you were doing your thing up in Holton and I imagine someone came along and said, hey, you know, you should think about opening a restaurant.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what's crazy. Yeah, we, I was just running that and I get a call from, used to be the CEO of Visit Topeka, Brett Odding. And oh, yeah. uh, he was, he just said, he's like, I don't know what you're doing up there, but you're the talk of Topeka. Did you <laughs> ever think about coming down here, we could show you a couple of spots. And I was like, Heck yeah. That'd be <laughs> awesome. So um, and so we we're we're located in the Columbian building. I'm a big history guy. And so the Columbian building is one of the oldest buildings still left in Topeka. Yeah. Um and it's it's we're in an old bank. It was used to be the old <laughs> Knox Bank. So um, we're super small. We only hold 24, 26 people at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so super small, very intimate. Um, and we just take you on a food. Journey when you come eat with us. So
1: that's awesome. that's also the difference between. You. No one has ever eaten my food and said, "You know, Angel, you should open a restaurant <laughs> like that. that." has never been the conversation around my meals. But <laughs> but I'm glad it's working for you though. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome.
1: Well, of course, this last year has been a year unlike any other for for so many uh, places. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about kind of how COVID uh, has impacted your business?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you really don't you're not prepared for anything like that yeah um, and so it's kind of you just have to make some quick decisions you have to adapt to certain situations too and so you know like like i said we do a lot of fine dining stuff or like a lot of fine foods here so it's like scallops and stuff like that mm. and, you know there's one of those things where when the when all the rules come into play and it was only it was carry out only or curbside only um it was just it was tough for me because i didn't want to i didn't want to show my food, um, in a styrofoam container. I didn't want to jeopardize, you know, people coming here for the first time. And then they have, they scallops out of a styrofoam container when they get home. So, um, we kind of did away with that and we switched to sandwiches. I mean, I kind of went back to my, I kind of went back to my roots, what I did in Holton. Um, so we switched to days, we did lunches, we did 11 to one, uh, Monday through Friday and sandwiches. And uh, it kind of blew up. I mean, it carried, it <laughs> definitely, definitely carried us through those, those couple rough months, uh, that we, that we had to get through. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so it was, it was awesome. Like I said, it's going from, you know, 12 ounce steaks and scallops and duck to deli sandwiches. So sure. <laughs> uh, it's a, a little adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but like I said, it's just, it's, it's fun. Like I'm, I'm the type of person that I'm, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to, you know, stay afloat and and get through tough times. So we did that and it kind of helped out. So.
1: Absolutely. Well, and hopefully, you know, maybe there's, there's folks that came, um, you know, for, for the sandwiches, for that kind of thing and, and who maybe hadn't been there before. Maybe now you can tell them, Hey, come back and, and try something else sometime.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what I loved because, you know, we got so many people in here that's never been here before. They never knew where the white linen was, you know, stuff like that. So I, I like doing the sandwiches because it did. It brought in a bunch of different people that didn't really know where we're at or what we're about. Like they looked at our menus when they came in, you know, stuff like that. So I think it helped the restaurant overall. Grow even more. So. Oh,
1: that's cool. Well, you, I think you've had some uh, some fun guests over time. I think I remember seeing a picture. Of, I think the with the Attorney General of the United States yeah. when he came to, to be, came to visit with you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Attorney General's been here to eat, which was a crazy experience. I mean, there was like FBI agents everywhere and <laughs> stuff like that. So that was fun. Just just a couple of weeks ago, we had an NFL. Uh, new Orleans saints defensive linemen come in here. And oh, wow. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's cool. kind of fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's cool that people know that, you know, as the, the go-to place when they're in Topeka, to go-to for stuff. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very
1: so cool. Well, so, you know, speaking of right now, so are there uh, any, uh, any specials or things that you want people uh, to know about that they should come down for right now to try?
0: Um, just every, every month we change the menu. So mm. I'm, we're getting ready to head into March. I can't believe February's <laughs> right. over already. Um, but we're getting ready to head into March. I'm kind of been working on the new menu, um, for March. And so, and, and we kind of, with COVID, you know, we used to do a lot of all la cart stuff. Um, but with COVID it kind of, you know, again, you have to adapt. So there's a lot of different food items that was backed up months. Oh, I mean, sure. pr- prices went sky high on certain things. And so we kind of adapted, we kind of changed to a tasting menu. So that's what we do now is we do, you come into the restaurant, you get five courses, it's $47 a person. Um, And there's a couple of different options on there. Sure. Um, But it's kind of fun because you get to try everything, pretty much everything on the menu. So, and, and people, uh, Topeka has been enjoying that. So we're going to, we're going to kind of roll with, roll with this tasting menu for a little bit longer so yeah,
1: absolutely yeah for, for sure that sounds like a great way to come in and try out and kind of get a good taste of, of everything
0: yeah yep exactly
1: Awesome. Well, speaking of, of taste of things, so, you know, one of the things we've been talking with folks is, uh, you know, we know that not everyone's been able to uh, to get out to places uh, because of covid and whatnot. And so we've been uh, uh, teaching people about some cocktails that they can make at home uh, so yeah. they can have a little taste um, at home. And so, of course, in addition to the delicious food that uh, Whiteland has, I know that you have uh, uh, quite the cocktail menu there. And so I think you're going to talk to us about uh, a cocktail tonight that you want to try and make with us.
0: Yeah, yeah, Aaron Aaron is my bartending manager and he he's came a long way. He does some awesome cocktails. I personally think they're best in Topeka, but <laughs> <laughs> he But he just he we love creating stuff together and so uh, t- I'm going to give you two cocktails. I'm going to give you awesome. my go I'm, I'm going to give you my go-to um, and that's just a simple margarita. Okay. Um, a, a Tommy margarita. So I use um, Cimarron Blanco, um, tequila. Okay. So if you, if you did two ounces of that, then you do an ounce of agave syrup. Um, and what you can do is what, how we do is we find the agave, hundred percent agave by the sugar section and Dylan's or Walmart. Okay. And if, and if you do one part, like if you do a half a cup of agave syrup and then a half a cup of hot water just to kind of dilute it a little bit because sure. it's so thick. Um, and then you have agave in your fridge for whenever you want to make this margaritas. So um, I do two ounces of tequila, a half an ounce of this agave mixture. Then I do an entire lime squeezed in there. Okay. I just, I love acid. I love lime. And so then you shake that up, strain it into a, just a rocks glass with some ice in there. And sure, it's delicious. You can put salt on the rim. I like salt sometimes. Sometimes I just want to just a fast- Easy drinking margarita. So. That's
1: absolutely easy access.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of my go-to. Another one that I like is a Negroni. Uh, mm-hmm. Negroni. Negroni is one one of those cocktails where you either like it or you hate it. Um, <laughs> so a Negroni is all equal parts. You do an ounce of gin, ounce of sweet vermouth, and then an ounce of Campari. Campari is just super bitter. Um, again, I like those different flavors Sure. Um, and you can just mix, build that on your glass, stir it and, and you're done. So again, again, these, these couple cocktails that I just gave you, they're just, they're super simple, but there's so much, there's so much flavor and, um, just textures and stuff like that in these cocktails. So, um, those are, those are kind of my two top cocktails that I go to at home. These are easy like I said, they're not, there's not a lot of ingredients in them. Um, so at home, they're perfect for at your house in the evening when you get home from work or a long day or something like that. So.
1: Absolutely. That's especially that margarita one sounds, that's a, that's a little step above my typical pre-made margarita. Bed. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have to up that a little bit. It's yeah. <laughs> some people. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, Yep. Oh, well, well, very cool. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Anytime you want to have me back, I would be happy to be back. So
1: absolutely and we'll remind folks um, as always we'll post information on our social media links so we'll post make sure to check out the white linen on Facebook Um, you'll be able to keep up with all uh, their latest happenings um, on there and make sure to come out and try out that tasting menu and as always let us know if you decide to whip up your own uh, uh, drinks at home too uh, if you decide to to try your hand at the Negroni let us know. post some pictures on on social media we'd love to love to see it Uh, so folks go ahead and stay tuned right after this break we're going to have the roundup where we're going to talk about all the ways that the legislature is procrastinating on their work uh, at this time of the session. But we'll be right back after a break. You're listening to Ballads of Brews here on KSF 785 Live Radio. Back everyone, so we are going to go ahead with our roundup for tonight. Uh, so we're going to start as we always do, uh, locally with things happening right here in Top City. Um, first off the top, the City Council actually had a bye week this week, so no City Council meeting uh, this week, but they will be back in action uh, next Tuesday. Remember, they only meet the first three Tuesdays of each month. Um, at the county level, uh, a couple of different things that were going on. You know, in terms of the actual County Commission itself, um, they had kind of a lighter week, not, not too much craziness going on there. Um, one of their advisory boards, the Parks and Rec Advisory Board, which we've mentioned uh, before, is an advisory board that's made up of volunteers from the community. Um, they did meet earlier this week uh, to review the plans, the master plan for the new family park um, that we talked about before happening at 21st and Eurish. And as you'll recall, that is uh, the family park and complex, as we've talked about um, before. It is quite the uh, uh, quite the new development that's happening at 21st and Eurish. And so they are in the middle right now. Parks and Rec is of a real- public outreach uh, process actually started last year. Um, It includes multiple rounds of of drafts and revisions and that sort of thing. And so the advisory board got the chance to review the uh, draft plan uh, this week and offer their feedback. Um, And then Parks and Rec will be back before the county commission here in a few weeks uh, to work towards final approval uh, of that master plan. And so be on the lookout. We'll get you more information about more opportunities for the public to uh, watch those proceedings and and give their feedback on the plan as well, because you know it is something that is of particular interest uh, to a lot of people uh, what happens uh, with that new park so we're going to keep you posted on that uh, one thing that we did want to talk about this week that i don't think we've ever actually mentioned on this show is jado uh so go ahead and take a drink right now if you have never heard of jado before you're welcome because that is probably most people listening right now uh so jado stands for the joint Economic Development Organization J-E-D-O um, It is a joint committee that is made up of both members of the city council as well as members of the county commission. Uh, the chair of J-E-D-O is either the mayor or the chair of the county commission, um, depending on the year. Um, so it is a joint committee of both governing bodies um, that is really meant, was created with the mission of overseeing joint economic development projects in the county. Uh, so you know this idea that the economic development in China County is, of course, going to involve uh, folks from the city of Topeka in addition to the to the county, and so they developed this joint committee to oversee um, those projects. One of the biggest things that JDO does is they are the recipients of proceeds from the half-cent sales tax um, that we levied in Shawnee County starting back, I think it was in 2004. Uh, so the deal with those dollars is that those half-cent sales tax dollars are meant to go towards economic development projects in Shawnee County. Um, So what happens is Jado actually receives those dollars and then gets to apportion that money out. Now, they send some of their money to go Topeka, which is the economic development arm of the Greater Topeka Partnership. Um, Some of it is used for business incentives. Um, So some of you may remember when the Mars plant relocated to Shawnee County um, or when we have any of these large manufacturing plants or expansions or that kind of thing. We, We like to dangle some money in front of those companies to choose to come to Topeka. And so that business incentive money uh, comes from this half-cent sales tax that JADO um, has to approve. So JADO are actually, the JADO board is actually the one that approves those incentives and that sort of thing. Um, and then there's some other special um, projects and special um, Uh, business uh, investments that that money can be used for. Uh, Because we are living in COVID times, uh, the County Commission asked Jado to look into creating a local relief fund uh, for local businesses. Um, So that is something that Jado's been working on now for the last few months. Um, And at their meeting on Tuesday, they actually kind of flushed that program out a little bit to see what it would look like. Uh, So now this really came out of concern at the County Commission level that, of course, there's the Federal Cares Act, that provides relief uh, funding for businesses. Um, but that money, of course, is, as you've probably seen in the news, has gone super fast. And so uh, as uh, COVID lingers on, you know, there's talk about what can we do to help small local businesses in our community. And so that was kind of the drive to get Jado started on this process. Uh, so, Back in December, Jado actually set aside a cool $700,000 um, for this project and they've been trying to think about how to divvy it up. Uh, so they put together a group uh, to examine that, and so they've decided to split the money up basically into a couple different pools, um, and that they'll make small chunks of that money available at different times. Uh, They're basically going to start with one $250,000 chunk of money um, to be used for grants to small businesses in a community, and when that's um, exhausted, they'll then move on to another uh, chunk of $250,000. They wanted to do this basically to kind of control how they distribute the money um, and to be able to reevaluate as they go, you know, as circumstances change, um, after they get through that first $250,000, they can retweak some of the uh, criteria or things like that to kind of adapt to changing conditions in the community. Um, So the J.O. has decided that these grants that they give out to businesses will range anywhere from $3,000 to upwards of $25,000 to any business, a small business in a community, a sole proprietorship um, that can show that COVID has had a negative impact on their revenue. Uh, so some more than nitty, nitty-gritty details. Um, again, it is sole proprietor uh, businesses. As long as they were either um, in business by the start of 2020, they're eligible. Or if they're a new business, as long as they were operating by the third quarter of 2020, they are eligible. And that's an important note. One of the things that came with some of the federal grant, uh, CARES grant money that came out was unfortunately uh, the way the federal law was written uh, for folks who started a business in 2020. Um, you know, maybe in that those first Pure months of 2020, January, February, uh, when we had no idea what was what was coming. Um, so you may have started your business, um, but you were actually ineligible for CARES funding under um, under the federal laws. Um, so they wanted to kind of make up for that as they designed this uh, this local funding uh, resource. Um, so um, you had to either be in business by the start of 2020 or if you're a new business starting up by the third quarter of 2020 uh, they still need to design the application for the program um, and so that's something that they're going to be working on here in the next few weeks uh, March 23rd um, is the meeting that JADO is supposed to review that, that application uh, design um, and then after that then the application will actually go out and they'll start taking in applications so be um, looking at the end of March, early April time frame for when those applications will be out if you are a small business owner in a community or know one that there is help on the way. Uh, so, looking past the county, now we need to look at the state. And there is, as always with the legislature in session, there is just so much um, that we could talk about. Y'all, that is the hardest part of this show. It's distilling down those, those nuggets to talk about on this show. Uh, but first, I thought we would talk just a little bit about how the legislature works. Uh, the best way I know to think about this is you remember how in college you put off all those semester long projects and studying for finals until the very end of the semester and then you spent the last week of the semester in an energy drink powered haze trying to remember everything you were supposed to be learning all semester but you didn't because you were partying with your friend Chad for the last couple months. No offense to anyone named Chad out there by the way. Uh, That's kind of how the legislature works its business. Uh, They save all their really hard work until the very end, and in the meantime they get really distracted partying with their new friend Chad. Uh, Chad in this case uh, means all the useless distracting legislation that will likely not pass, or will pass, but just be plain asinine and distract everyone from real issues like, say, passing a state budget, or responsible tax reform, those kinds of things. Um, The state budget, of course, being the one thing the legislature actually has to do before they get out of here in June. Uh, So we'll talk today uh, briefly about one real issue and one Chad issue. Uh, This this week and next week uh, are going to be a particular mad dash uh, for legislators as they are fast coming up on a date that is known as Turnaround Day. Um, This is where you get to insert your Bonnie Tyler music. Uh, Next Friday, March 5th, is Turnaround Day. That is the day that all legislation must pass its House of Origin or it turns into a pumpkin and it cannot be considered any further in this legislative session. Uh, This is important because, of course, after Turnaround Day, both chambers will trade bills so that they can start uh, working on getting those bills through the other uh, chamber of the state legislature. Uh, So the House will trade with the Senate, the Senate will trade with the House, so they'll get each other's bills and start working them through the other side of the chamber, so that eventually um, they can get them uh, they can get them passed or have some kind of final resolution. Now, there are some exceptions to this rule. Um, there are things known as uh, blessed bills. Uh, this is legislation that uh, leadership, for instance, um, decided can be exempted from these turnaround rules. Uh, but nevertheless, it does set off this sort of mad scramble um, each year, as it's kind of the first check-in point and really kind of marks the halfway point for the legislative season you <laughs> So, what have we seen in this crazy mad dash to turn around? Uh, that is the $600 million question, or $290 million, depending on who you ask. Uh, yes, the first story, first issue we're going to talk about is what, in God's name, we are going to do about the Kansas Department of Labor. Uh, as you may have heard, the department has had some challenges, um, in this last year when it comes to, uh, technology and processing unemployment claims due to COVID-19. Uh, So, uh, there's a couple issues at play here. Um, First, if you were in need of an employment check in this last year, uh, good luck. Uh, Many Kansans have been waiting for months to receive their first unemployment check, sometimes spending hours on hold uh, with Cato, only to receive no answer or just, in some cases, an endlessly ringing phone. Um, And when you are a couple months in on your unemployment and you are waiting for that check to still arrive, Understand why that makes things a little tense uh, for folks. So that's issue one. Issue two, um, we also have this thing happening where some folks, including yours truly, are the recipients of unemployment claims filed um, in their name at our places of work. The only problem, though, is that I am very much employed by my office. Uh, It turns out that hackers have been on a tier through the state's unemployment system, resulting in thousands of Kansans having unemployment claims filed in their names fraudulently. Uh, Now, that second issue is what a committee this week was trying to figure out. The Department of Labor originally reported that they estimated around $290 million worth of unemployment fraud um, uh, happened last year year stemming from about 50,000 cases uh, that they kept track of in their system. Mm Uh, An audit completed by the legislature's division of post-audit put the estimate at closer to $600 million uh, worth of fraud. Uh, So, of course, this left legislators wondering what the true number actually is and how we really got here in the first place. Uh, The truth on how we got here is, of course, no easy feat to sort out. Um, On one hand, we should note that Kansas is not alone in states being troubled by unemployment fraud claims. Um, In fact, the feds actually believe a good chunk of these fraud claims Stem stemmed from the Equifax uh, breach that happened a couple years ago, where fraudsters got a hold of millions of people's uh, sensitive information. Uh, The feds did warn states around a year ago to be on the lookout for increases in fraudulent activity, Uh, so states did have just a little bit of notice uh, that there were some uh, increases in fraud happening as a result of the breach. However, on the other hand, um, the Department of Labor's IT systems are essentially like that old car that your crazy uncle drives that's beat up and missing a lot of parts. But, hey, it still runs, right? Um, that's essentially where the Department of Labor's IT infrastructure is at. Um, in fact, there's, uh, you know, the Department of Labor's processing system uh, dates back to almost the 70s. Um, actually, several years ago, during the Brownback era, um, they actually did propose an up- Updated IT system, uh, but that system was unfortunately vetoed by Governor Brownback at the time. Uh, Department of Labor officials um, have been quick to point out that this last year was something akin to like a 1,000 year flood, uh, which is true. Um, now, for the legislature's part, I do have to say that this is precisely the kind of thing the legislature should be preparing for. So instead of litigating from crisis to crisis, which is essentially what we're trying to do now, it would be our legislators to take a much more proactive outlook on things. If this sounds similar, it's like we, we talked about last week with the power grid. You know, elected officials like to really kick that can down the road and 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 really take our time when it comes to addressing these big issues, uh, a lot of times because of the cost involved. And all I can say is if you thought it was expensive to replace Department of Labor system back then, uh, just think how much it's going to cost us now. Uh, so we can either spend spend money to address hard issues now or we can let the problem get bigger, more out of control, impact more people's lives, and spend even more money in the future. It's really up to up to you, elected officials. So something for folks to to think about. So the other Uh, hot topic in the legislature this week and this is where our Chad issue comes in that we talked about earlier uh, involves transgender students and sports. Uh, So like Congress and many other states, uh, Kansas is now looking at the issue of uh, transgender students participating in school sports. Uh, Specifically the legislature is considering Senate Bill 208 uh, which would forbid any team designated for females uh, to be open to students of the quote male sex. Uh, The Kansas Reflector has a great piece on this legislation, and the debate this week was pretty fierce. Um, those in support of the bill argue that allowing transgender athletes to participate in girls' sports would erode, erode the gains that women won for equality in sports with the passage of policies like Title IX. Uh, those opposed to legislation argue that this is just another tactic to further discriminate against the LGBT community. Oh, and also would probably be deemed unconstitutional when challenged in court. Uh, Kyle Velti, I think that's how he pronounce his last name. There, a KU law professor, um, did point out um, in that same article from the Reflector that transgender athletes have been allowed to compete on Olympic teams since 2004 and in the NCAA since 2011. Uh, he further pointed out that the bill really traffics in a lot of those stereotypes um, and fear mongering that exists in our society, and does nothing to acknowledge the nearly two decades of evidence that show that transgender athletes don't enjoy any advantages over their cisgender teammates. Uh, there's also just of note an interesting dynamic during this debate. Um, you had two state legislators on different sides of this issue, one of whom was actually the chief sponsor of the bill, uh, but both these women actually used to both teach at the same school in Wichita. Uh, you have Senator Renee Erickson, the bill sponsor, uh, who uh, considers allowing trans athletes to participate in girls' to be, quote, the epitome of an unjust advantage. Um, And then you have, on the other side, Representative Stephanie Byers, who is the first transgender member of the legislature, um, who expressed her opposition to the bill, um, stating, quote, trans kids thrive when their identity is affirmed, but it is not always an easy path. Uh, So you have two women, both of whom taught students in the same school, in fact, um, and saw the impact of policies on students, but coming out on very different sides of the issue. And that's just one of the the really unique things that happens in the legislature sometimes, given that uh, things are so local, you can have these really uh, interesting dynamics set up. Uh, you know, we talked about calendars just a little bit ago, and it bears mentioning that again, we are at the halfway point of the legislative session, and there is still a state budget to put together and pass. Uh, so, not to tell anyone how to do their job, uh, but it seems like there may be some more important matters for legislator- legislators to involve themselves in than attempting to further discriminate against the LGBT community. Uh, just saying, uh, this issue is the uh, taking a cake stand with your friend Chad issue, instead of staying home. And studying for your finals next week, part that we talked about earlier today. So hopefully, the legislator, legislators find better ways to spend their time in the weeks ahead. And so, folks, that is it for our roundup tonight. Uh, we just want to touch on a couple things because we have a very, very exciting interview coming up next. We are so very excited uh, to have Kansas's Insurance Commissioner Vicky Schmidt uh, joining us uh, for our uh, for our show tonight. So that, that's going to be up next. Um, so we're, we're, go ahead and stay tuned. After this break, we'll be back with Commissioner Schmidt. You are listening to Bounce and Brews here on KSF 785 Live Radio. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. We are so, so excited uh, tonight for our next guest. We have a very special guest with us. We are excited to have the Insurance Commissioner of the State of Kansas, Vicki Schmidt, with us tonight. Commissioner, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you so much, Angel, for having me. It's really an honor.
1: Absolutely, well, we're so excited that you could could hang out with us for a little bit tonight. Uh, so, so right off the bat, you know, we should just talk. Um, it, you know, it, it might surprise you, but there are maybe a couple people, just a few, I think, who may not quite know the, what the role of insurance commissioner is. And so, could you talk a little bit about your role and really what the mission is of the Kansas Insurance Department?
2: Sure. You know, our our mission is pretty simple. It's to regulate. To advocate and to educate and we take all three of those pillars pretty seriously and and it's a um, the department has had a long long history um, we were established in 1871 and and uh, I would imagine that the mission has uh, pretty much stayed the same and through those years through that 150 years um, we've had a lot of uh, changes in that 150 years but the uh, the department itself, you know, we we regulate insurance agents, we regulate uh, we regulate companies, um, we also regulate the securities. And a couple of years ago, the securities uh, division was put underneath the Department of Insurance. We educate, we educate all the people that we come into contact with. We hope to educate, including your listening audience. So we love to educate. Yeah, we we'd love to educate them a little more about what we do and how we can help. We also advocate and you know that um, probably the biggest part of the advocation of the advocating comes in when a, pay, um, a person has a claim against a uh, depart, uh, an agent or a, um, an insurance company and they need some help settling it and uh, whether that's a, a medical um insurance company or a property and casualty or uh, anything in between. And and, uh, we try to make sure that we take care of of the Kansans in that process.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, a role that maybe not everyone always knows about, but an incredibly, especially nowadays, really an incredibly um, important role, especially when you think of the role insurance plays in our lives, especially now we think of things like the, the pandemic and natural disasters and that sort of thing. The world of insurance has changed a lot um, over time. It's uh, still evolving, uh, a changing world. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how uh, changes in that industry have kind of shaped what's what's happened in the insurance department as well?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, 150 years we've been in existence and that's a long time. So a lot of things have changed. We actually are doing a uh, video and have asked some of the people that have worked in the department in the years past to come and talk about some of the changes that uh, they've seen. And, and some of we have uh, we actually have employees here who have been with us 40 plus years. Oh, no. uh, just yeah, I know. Right. That's right. Awesome. And still working for us and, and still very valuable members of our team. They've seen a lot of changes. Um, you know, when I first came into office just a few short years ago, You know, we had big plans to throw a a huge party, uh, a celebration, a a recognition of 150 years of uh, having an insurance department. And um, you know, you might know what got in our way—a little thing called (laughs) COVID—and it changed our plans. And so, we're still working on ways to celebrate it. It, you know, it is an exciting time for us, and and an occasion that should be celebrated. But we're going to do it in a more socially distanced manner because we're, uh, behaving over here. We're trying to. But in the meantime, we would like all of your listeners to watch for some fun social, social media content, uh, that we're going to weave in a little bit of a historical flair. So I hope your listeners will follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And um, we, we plan to have a little bit of fun with that. But um, NAIC, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners is also celebrating 150 years. And it's kind of exciting. Yeah. To be, you know, to have that with the National Association at the same time that Kansas is. And we were one of the, 30 founding members of the National Association of Insurance Commissioners and obviously dating back to 1871. So now that association represents 50 states, five territories and the District of Columbia and it's made up of all of the commissioners, superintendents and and directors uh, there. As far as the what has happened in Kansas in the last 50 years, let's say from 1971 to 2021, you know, in 1972 the insurance department was located in the state capitol. Oh, and wow. yeah, and, and they um, moved to the Docking State Office building um, in 1972. In 1982, they jumped across the street and they moved uh, to the Topeka Women's Club building at 420 South South West Ninth Street uh, here in Topeka. In 1995, there was the first female insurance commissioner. Hello. That was that's pretty exciting for me. Yeah. Um, and in 1997, which seems like a few short years ago, but we started the Babies at Work program here at the department. <laughs> (laughs) We still have that. We have, um, many, many babies. Uh, I think we, I think we're approaching 70 babies that have come to work through the years. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, that's something that um, other state agencies have actually copied the insurance department. Um, in 2017, as I mentioned earlier, the securities commission came over and became a division of the uh, insurance department. And in 2019, uh, we moved uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, we moved to our new location at 1300 Southwest Arrowhead road. So we have, um, we're right off of Huntoon and Wanamaker. And uh, that was a, Big move for us. We combined securities and the insurance department are all co-located in one building. And um, what do you do when you move? Well, you <laughs> create a new logo. So we wanted to incorporate all of the things uh, that that uh, the combination of the two uh, entities coming together. So uh, we created a new logo and we're uh, branding, branding ourselves, uh, as they say.
1: Very cool. Well, yes, I, I know your your new location well. Yeah, as I for those listening out there, of course, you know that I work for United Way of Greater Topeka. Our our own office is just right across the street from uh, your guys' current office. So you have some access to some good food over there. It's Texas Roadhouse the Cracker Barrel. You guys are in a good good location over there.
2: Well, and I think maybe your favorite is Chipotle, and it's not too <laughs> far down the road. So absolutely. Um, I, 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 yeah, I always think I might see you there, uh, doing an order pickup or, um uh, uh, maybe they're delivering to you now, but in any regard, yes, there are some, uh, it's a little different, uh, a little different food choices than we had downtown. I kind of miss being downtown. I miss being yeah. close to the capital. but, you know, but th- this is really, been um a great location for us, especially, you know, I mean, as we talked about earlier, advocating for consumers and educating consumers. I mean, you know, we have some walk-in traffic and this location oh, yeah. is so much better for um anyone that wants to come see us. And sure. so, uh, yeah, I encourage your listeners that if they have issues, come see us, and we're going to do our best to help them.
1: Absolutely. Well, and, you know, we talked a little bit about COVID uh, earlier. You know, how has COVID um, impacted your office uh, in the last year? You know, especially when you think about insurance and, and and that sort of thing. I imagine that, that is something that's probably kept your office pretty busy in this last year
2: it has you know I, I'm I'm very pr- well as i mentioned we moved um you know just right a couple months before covid hit <laughs> and so we had a, a little bit of dry run maybe a practice run of working remotely a couple of days we were moving and uh, so we may may have had a little bit of a head start (laughs) but i think you know the the thing we you know we were uh went remote only for a period of time i would say that we uh we were in the process of converting our employees from desktops to laptops Mm. and uh we hadn't completed that. So we were caught with a lot of other people, uh, scrambling for, uh, laptops for our people, um, uh, making sure our individuals that work here have had access to the internet, uh, either by hotspots or my or whatever way we could do that. Um, I'm pretty, um, you know, that, that was a, that was a big deal to, to make that happen. And it took us a couple of weeks to get our footing, but I am, Very, very proud of the employees and uh, that work here because we didn't really miss a step. I mean, we, there were times when we were closed down, um, to, um, outsiders, uh, and, and, you know, weren't working in the office, but that period of time was pretty short and we have been fully operational through the COVID crisis. We've handled lots of claims and, and, uh, lots of, uh, Disputes uh, about COVID testing, co uh, copayments, uh, oh, deductibles, sure. things like that. Um, the immunizations obviously have started, and so um, we're we're handling those as they come in. Uh, business interruption policies: uh, if you were shut down, what you know, did you have coverage uh, in your PNC policies for oh, that? Yeah, um, and and then you know, just just all the other things that have come along with COVID. Um, so. You know, um, it's been great to have a, a, a workforce that um, has powered through a lot of the uh, unknowns that we have all experienced.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I was gonna gonna say, you know, it's funny that that you're talking about uh, turning 150 years old and seeing a lot in 150 years, but uh, a global pandemic is probably a, a new thing uh, for for the office to to go
2: through for sure. Oh, you are so right about that. And, you know, um, and everyone has, uh, had, had a different slant on how this has gone. Um, and, you know, it, it's been a trying time for everyone and, uh, the fatigue of, uh, COVID is, uh, affects everyone. But, um, yeah, we're, <laughs> We're glad to be where we are.
1: Absolutely. Well, and speaking of that, that big 150th anniversary, we should remind folks uh, is uh, next week on March 1st. And so uh, you mentioned a video that's in the works and some things on social media. Anything else you want to share about that celebration next week?
2: Oh, I think, yeah, well, we wish we were giving everyone uh, cupcakes <laughs> um, or cookies or something. So us, you know, we'll, we'll virtually celebrate with people with a, with a treat of some sort, but um, you know, The service that we've given to Kansans that the insurance department has given to Kansans in the past 150 years is really remarkable. I mean, it's been to Kansas consumers, it's been to the agents, it's been to the companies. And, you know, hundreds of employees have come through our doors and have worked here and have, have have come and gone through the years but i really want to emphasize that their hard work has just remained a constant resource for all kansans and we've had a lot of industry partners through that time period also uh, we've had industry partners we've had leaders and associations that have cooperated with and, and been a part of our history for that same 150 years and and we just want to acknowledge that, and and to tell your listeners that we thank you because we are much better as a department because of because of all the assistance and the cooperation and the partnerships that we have formed through those years. So we we look forward to continuing those for many many more years. Absolutely,
1: that's that's definitely something we're celebrating right there. So yeah, even even though things of course look different uh in twenty twenty one, with everything going on, we're still excited to celebrate in lots of different ways for sure.
2: Exactly.
1: Now, I have to ask, uh, uh, you know, for for you personally, uh, you know, you've had a chance um, to to be active in in local politics for um, a a little while now, of course, before coming to the insurance uh, commissioner's office. Of course, you spent time in the Kansas State Senate as well. What made you want to run for public office uh, in the first place? What kind of drew you to it?
2: Well, my background is as a pharmacist. I uh, graduated uh, as a pharmacist when I left college and started uh, immediately working. And you know what drew me to pharmacy, I think, is the same thing that draws me to public service, and and that's the um, the desire to help people. And you know, at the pharmacy counter, it was a different kind of help, right? It was <laughs> come and get your prescription filled. Let me counsel you. Uh, let me. Look at your drug interactions, all the things that go along with being a pharmacist. But uh, public service is a different taking that to a different level. And I think that public service is a um, is a calling of sorts of sorts, Um, you know, you you run for your job every four years about, um, two years if you're in the House, but four years if you're in the state Senate. And this job, you run for it every four years as an elected insurance commissioner. And, you know, the the ability to help people navigate the bureaucracy of government, uh, the ability to um, find a life insurance policy for a loved one that you didn't know exists, uh, to help with a car insurance claim, to help with the homeowner's policy, to help with the medical claim, uh, it, it is really a very rewarding place to, to be. And I, I really enjoy this job. I, I've enjoyed all of my public service um, jobs, but this is this is the best one yet.
1: Absolutely. Well, and, and speaking of that, you, know, you have a favorite uh, a memory or a favorite part of your, your current role as a commissioner?
2: <laughs> Probably. You know, every week, one of the favorite parts of my uh, week is that I we take a sampling of all uh, individuals that have um, recently passed an exam, whether that's their property and casualty or their health and life or what, whatever exam it is. We take a sampling of them across Kansas, and I actually uh, g- give them a call. I cold call them. And... Uh, <laughs> It's very interesting. That's it's really fun that is because cool. some of them are like, "Wait, have I done something wrong? <laughs> what, what what have I done?" And no, no, no. I I don't make those calls. I'm to, I'm calling to congratulate you on passing a, the exam, and you know, we try to visit a little bit about. That. I mean, what are they doing? What do they hope to do? Um, and you know, really to create that partnership early on with them, because I think that's really, you know, they, these are, these are the, um, many of these are, in working in small businesses that are certainly the economic engine for Kansas uh, and so I, I really like that and then recently, what we did is uh, we we've taken a uh, sampling or, or not a sampling we have gone through our records and looked at uh, people that have been uh, continuously insured and I the other day I talked to a gentleman that has continuously been an insurance agent for sixty years. Oh my gosh. I know. And it's like, wow, that is just awesome. And he had a lot of tales to tell oh, me. Oh, sure. Um, and, uh, um, and, and so that was fun. And, you know, so talking to some of the people that have been, uh, in the industry continuously for 25, uh, 35, 50, 60 years, uh, that's been really, um, a, a good part of the job. But, you know, helping people every day and, and just that, that's got to be a, uh, a real favorite to just be able to make a difference um, because usually by the time they contact us, they have exhausted every resource that they can possibly think. Oh, sure. You know, so to your listeners, what I'd like to say is that make us be your first call, not your last call. (laughs) I mean, you know, we we're here to help you. And and I know, you know, people don't we're probably not the we're not on their speed dial. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, so we we really do. If there's a question, if we don't know the answer, we're going to or we can't help. We don't have jurisdiction. We're going to help you find the right way uh, to get an answer to the issues. And I know insurance is kind of boring people. Think, but you know, I don't think it's boring at all. I am. I, I would put a plea out there that if anyone has a good insurance joke that I can use, <laughs> that I can use in a public presentation, please, please uh, send them to me because uh, please, we need some new material. <laughs> right, there
1: you go. You heard it here first. So, so. Get, a, get on social media. Get on email. Let us let us know if you got any got any good appropriate public. Uh, suitable for public consumption, uh, insurance yeah. jokes. Let us know <laughs>
2: exactly. And the keyword there, Angel, is appropriate. Right. And, you know, but I know that if they are listening to this podcast, because I I know you you have such an outreach and, and so much, and you know you you are just Mr. Topeka. I mean, if if your people can't give me a good insurance <laughs> joke, I don't know who can.
1: Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my people on it. I think we're going to find something for sure. <laughs> I, have, I have faith in our audience out there. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. well it, that, that is so cool. We should also let people know, too, that for anyone out there that has recently passed an insurance exam, don't screen your phone calls. If the insurance commissioner is calling, you are not in trouble. We should <laughs> and, you know that.
2: And don't you worry, I leave a message. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that's awesome. Well, and of course, you know, finally, before we wrap up, because this is balance improves, we do have to ask, after, after a long day working hard, uh, at the insurance department, what what is your favorite uh, beer or cocktail to unwind with?
2: Okay, I have to be brutally honest. <laughs> I am not a beer drinker at all. Hey, so all right. um, I think my uh, my uh, my sincere. Uh, answer would be root beer. I love A and W diet root beer, but, um, you know, so I'm going to go with that and, and your listeners can just roll their eyes and go, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, but it, it, it sadly is the truth. But, um, but you know, um, I, I, angel i just think that what you're doing for topeka and what what you're doing to um to talk to people about important issues uh is just phenomenal and so i really want to take the opportunity to thank you for providing this forum for people like me and um you know hopefully it's not as boring as people thought <laughs> no
1: absolutely and thank you and, and yeah it's, you know we, we talk about lots of different topics on here and you're right you know i think things like insurance might might yeah first blush maybe people think oh, uh, that doesn't sound exciting. But you know, as you just talked about, things like that touch a lot of people's lives and are really important, especially in a state like Kansas uh, as well. So these are, these are issues that people uh, should be interested in um, and that really impact our daily lives. So it's fun for me to get to, to talk to folks that are, are really on the ground and doing that work. So thank you for everything you and your staff. You have a, a, a great team of people I know that are working really hard over there. So thanks for, for everything you all do as well
2: absolutely we we're it's our pleasure to do it and so you know I mean I don't want to leave without telling your listeners a couple of ways to get a hold of us yeah. if they ever because you know if there's one thing I want you to know about the department here is to call us if you're ever in doubt about anything related to insurance or securities don't hesitate to give us a call so we have an 800 number it's one eight hundred four three two. 2484. And we have a newly designed website. When we rebranded and we moved, we created a new website that's much more user friendly. And it's at insurance.kansas. Dot gov, o v, and uh, insurancekansas.gov, and you can reach us. You can Google Kansas Insurance Department and find us too, of course. But um, you know, we may, like I said before, we might not always have the answer, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna figure out a way to get you an answer. And I know that sometimes I don't like the answers we get, but we're at least gonna get you an answer.
1: Absolutely, we're gonna make sure to share that information on our social media as well. So I have both the website address um, and that that hotline number out there as well for folks
2: good awesome. good
1: commissioner. thank you so much for joining us you can hang out with us anytime on, on about to bruise
2: thank you angel and you don't have to call me commissioner i'll only <laughs> make hus- my husband do that um, but uh no uh it's it's always a pr- pleasure talking to you angel and uh i'm glad you're safe and well
1: well, thank, thank you so much. Glad glad that you are as well. Well, again, we're going to encourage folks out there listening to check out the insurance.kansas.gov. Uh, check out the social media information we'll share as well so that you can check out all the festivities going on virtually uh, for the 150th uh, celebration for the insurance department. And for everyone listening out there, go ahead and stay tuned. We have one more break, and then we'll wrap things up like we always do with our take action moment for tonight. So you're listening to Bounce and Brews here on KSF 785 Live Radio. All right, folks we will wrap things up tonight as we always do with our take action moment for the night Uh, so tonight we're actually touching base on some information we shared uh, a couple weeks ago but with a little bit of an update so uh, we talked recently about the importance of something called the community health needs assessment The C-H-N-A As the cool kids know it And just how important this assessment tool is uh, For assessing the health of our community Um, And when we talk about the health We're not talking about just the things that happen Within the four walls of of a hospital The community health assessment really looks at The overall health of our community Uh, It looks at something called the social determinants of health That's all those things that happen outside the hospital But that we know are also extremely important uh, to the overall health of our community. And that's exactly what the Community Health Needs Assessment is designed to, to get at. It's administered, of course, by Stormwater, They're kind of the lead uh, agency on this assessment, but it is incredibly important to so many organizations in our community. Uh, United Way of Greater Topeka, where yours truly works, um, is one of those agencies um, that uses the data gathered from the Health Needs Assessment to be able to look at overall community health um, and to be able to target priorities. Um, it's used by, uh, by many organizations, in the community and by even local government to look at really what are the priorities that we need to be dress- addressing in terms of our community's health. Uh, so because, given how important and how widely used this data is, it is incredibly important that the entire community is represented by this survey. You know, we can't address challenges or issues that we don't know about. And so it is is incredibly important that as many voices and as many different voices as possible are represented in the survey. So whether you are a patient of Stormont's or not, whether you have ever even stepped foot in Stormont Vale Hospital, it's incredibly important um, to receive your input via the survey. Uh, Thankfully, this survey is done via a good old-fashioned survey monkey. It takes no more than 10 minutes to complete some really simple, really basic questions. You can actually go right now to this link, bit.ly slash stormontchna bit.ly slash C H N A. when you go to that page, you'll actually be able to see a link on there for the survey, uh, both in English and in Spanish. So there's English and Spanish versions of the survey. You can click on that link to, t- to go to the survey and again, it takes you no more than 10 minutes uh, to complete. So you can fill that survey out and then uh, grab yourself a drink and enjoy the rest of your, your evening. So it's really that simple. Just go to bit.ly slash ch H-N-A in order to be able to fill out that survey. And we'll put that link on our social media page um, as well so you can find that link on there. Again, an incredibly important survey. It drives a lot of decisions, a lot of uh, important things in our community. So bit.ly slash StormontCHNA. Um, I should mention, you know, it's important to have a really diverse group represented in the responses to that survey. In particular, two groups that they really need to see represented in the survey as we kind of look at who has filled it out so far. Uh, One is men, so dudes. We need guys uh, to go in there and fill out the survey. And the others are Latinos. Uh, We really, really, really need uh, input from the Latino community in uh, Topeka and Shawnee County. Those are are two groups, both men and Latinos, that are not represented well right now in the responses from the survey. So, once you've gotten onto that link and you've completed your survey, go ahead and share the link with somebody else. Um, Share it with organizations you're in, groups you're in, friend groups neighbors uh, the random dude that you see walking down the street that you talk to from time to time whoever is in your network the people uh, send that survey on uh, so that they can complete those results and we can get their results counted um, in our community's overall results Uh, so again we'll have that information on our Facebook and Twitter pages uh, so you can find that complete the survey and send it on to your networks And so thank you again for completing that the original deadline was this Sunday the 28th but they've actually extended it through just the first part of March uh, because it's really that important that we get so much, um, that we get so many people represented in our responses so they have extended it just a little bit into this first part of March uh, but it's still critical uh, that we get folks on there to complete that survey uh, so again, make sure to look for that info on social media. Thank you all once again for hanging out with us tonight as always. Uh, speaking of social media, make sure that you follow Ballots and Brews on Facebook and on Twitter. You can follow us along at, at ballots brews we live live tweet each of our shows you can get some behind the scenes information and other snarky slash fun witty observations uh, about things going on on the show on our twitter page and of course always sharing good things on facebook as well so folks that's going to wrap it up for us tonight so until next week please 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 take care of yourself stay safe and healthy wear your mask wash your hands social distance all those things we know we're supposed to do And drink some good beer in the meantime, and we'll see you next week here on Bounce and Brews on KSF 785 Live Radio. Right here is where I would say, now for a brief word from our sponsors, but I'm just sitting here waiting for you to put words in my mouth. So, for advertising opportunities, go to 785live.com.